You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. If you want to text the show, you can hit us up at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay, a snowy Halloween night up in the Bay, man. It's really coming down up there, huh? Man, I had to put a turtleneck on today, man. Got a little cold. <laughs> You ain't got um, that body fat like me, man. You got no, man. I, I might blow away out there too if it's too windy. So <laughs> I had to had to throw an extra layer today. But uh, no, yeah, we got a little bit of snow up here, right right on time. Barely barely November, and we get snow. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, obviously, we're going to lead off with the big news tonight, guys. Um, big trade today. Russell oh, did something Bunker. happen? Something happened? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. It's funny too because I have seen very 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 few people defend this trade obviously we're talking about the rasul douglas trade right um and you know of course we'll get into the details of the trade we'll get into the salary cap ramifications at least on the surface we won't we don't want to guarantee anything but we got kind of an idea uh, there and and obviously the compensation and uh we'll cover the whole shebang right and people are already in the chat lighting it up i would i feel really comfortable saying that just based off of the feedback I got on Twitter, just watching Twitter, um, probably about 20 to 1. 20 Packer fans not locking the trade to one maybe locking it. That's kind of been the ratio I've seen. We've also got a poll, too, that uh, that I'll hit on here, too, Tim. I forgot to put that down, so I'll make sure we touch base on that poll that I put out earlier on Twitter. But So let's do this, man. Let's kind of hit on it right off the bat. Um, 
Um, we'll go ahead and hit. Well, actually, I want to do it. I want to do it in a little bit different order, first of all, and kind of give you guys our perspective. Let me hit the super chat real quick first, okay? I want to. I definitely want to honor that. Josh Martin, thank you for the super chat. He said this move today is a prefix for what's about to happen in the off season. Old vets like Preston, Bach, Jones are gone, and twenty four will be even younger. You know, if you had said that yesterday before any trade, Josh, I would say you're crazy, dude. There's no way. This this now to me feels like I don't want to say it, Tim, but I'm just going to say it. And again, we need to get into all the details, but I wanted to hit this super chat. This feels like a tank job, man. Like you're not going to convince me your team is better without Michael Douglas, right? Now it comes down to the compensation and the money saved. And even with those two things applied, I don't think it's a good move. But let's just kind of jump right into it again. Josh Martin, thank you so much for the super chat. I think that's well said, man. I would not rule any of that out based off of what we just saw. Uh, but first things first. So you guys know after the game Sunday, we were talking about Russell Douglas being a leader in the locker room, right? This was Ryan Wood's tweet. Um, you can follow him at by Ryan Wood. And um, this was like immediately following the game, you know, 5'11". So you're roughly an hour after the game was over, I'm assuming maybe two hours uh, local time. Russell Douglas still hasn't taken post-game shower. He's been holding court at his locker. Darnell Savage was first. Malik Heath stopped by. Elton Jenkins and Dontavian Wicks with him now. Packers actively trying to figure this out, and veteran Douglas's locker is the epicenter. All right? Um, we talked about that, right, Tim? We talked about how Rasul Douglas is a leader. And the other thing, too, he's a, he's a corner that's willing to tackle. We've seen it all year long. One of the few bright spots on defense from a tackling standpoint, you would see Rasul come up and put his nose in there and make a tackle. Um, you've seen him kind of be the leader on the field while Ja was out, right? Even when Ja was on the field, you, to me, I started to feel like Rasul's the new leader of this secondary. Uh, am I wrong thinking that, Tim? No, not at all. And that was why a lot of the talk, uh, even in the offseason with our safety issues, was do we re- do we move Rasul to safety? Um, you know, it, it shows you the value that he brought to this team. And uh, – yeah, I mean, I don't think even, you know, you talked about 20 to 1, people who who hate this trade versus who like this trade. Even the one that's saying, "Oh, this might this could be good." They're on they're on the fence. They're not 100% with it. Um I think the thing that strikes me is it wasn't just Rasul, but it was we gave up a pick. So we gave up a pick and Rasul for a third round pick. Um you know, the Packer fan in me really hates this move um but the guy that really respects and loves rasul douglas uh is happy for him and go have yourself a hell of a year rasul yeah go go out go out there and ball out like we know you're gonna do just just like when we sent micah hyde packing and he he went to buffalo and had himself a career you go you go finish strong brother and have some success and uh enjoy playing meaningful football in december Um, you know, and, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go quite as far as the tank job, (laughs) um, it's pretty extreme, but, but, but I will tell you this, I will tell you this, there is certainly no doubt that this year is a wrap already. Uh, if, if, if you're speaking from a, you know, organizational standpoint, what they're saying without saying it, I mean, that's what this signifies. I mean, you don't let, let's be honest. He's one of the best players on the team. Um, and you just shipped them for you know, a third round pick. So I, which who knows a third round pick, what, whatever that could mean, 
you know, whatever number that ends up being and whatever player we end up taking, you know, history could prove that this might be a good deal. You know, let's see where we're at next year. But right now it, it stinks and it doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of us that have been seeing the struggles this team's been going through. And to see Rasul be a, you know, a voice of reason, it seemed like in that locker room, or at least a, someone willing to step up and lead and say, I'm sick of losing. Let's figure this out. And then we send him packing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what kind of message that sends to your, uh, to your players and to your locker room, you know? Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. Christian in the chat said, why would the Packers trade one of the only guys on defense with the right attitude, Douglas to the bills. Um, and so let's kind of hit on the trade real quick. Just the details, obviously the Packers trade, uh, Russell Douglas and a 2024 fifth round pick fifth round draft pick to the Buffalo bills for a 2024 third round draft pick. Um, you know, Tim, I'm not so concerned, not that you are, but you're you're right. It's not like they just, you know, gave him up for a third round pick. Like they they had to give up a fifth as well. I'm not so tore up on the fifth round pick, right? Um, that doesn't it's just the the thought of, you know, when you trade a draft pick, trade a player for a draft pick, it's a trade and it's a trade that's gonna come due at some point, right? You mm-hmm. you're gonna look up and go, okay, we traded Russell Douglas for this player, right? That's how that works. Um, you know, it's the same thing with the Devontae Adams trade. You know, you can do it with the Devontae Adams trade. You can do it with the Aaron Rodgers trade. At yep. the end of the day, when you trade Aaron Rodgers, what that that deal is going to tell it, what it's going to tell us when when everything's finalized, that second round pick, you traded Aaron Rodgers for that pick. Oh, by the way, you ate forty million in cap. Like that's that's essentially what the trade is. Um, with Rasul Douglas, that's what it's going to be. Who did we pick up with that third round pick and that fifth round pick that they take? So essentially we traded Russell Douglas and that player for the player that we take at the third round, unless of course we bundle them up and trade up and that type of thing. But it's just, See, a- that was my thought. What was this a plan? Like, is this part of a plan? Like, you it feels know, like it, like a maneuvering plan. Like we're not even going to draft anyone with this pick. We're going to, we're going to package it and trade it. So I, I don't know. It's too early. We can speculate all we want, but this still stings, man. Like, yeah. I don't think any of us saw this coming. No, no, I know I didn't, man. Yeah. Um, Omer in the chat said uh, he'll spend that third-round pick or more to replace the talent Buffalo absolutely stole from the Packers today. Pretty evident Goody, um, like you said, Gutty, has <laughs> has decided to tank because he is obsessed with draft capital. I yeah, Again, you know, Tim, I'm glad you're kind of walking me back from the ledge a little bit with this tank stuff, um, but, you know, there's there's no doubt about it, man. He is obsessed with those draft picks. And it's like, you know, I what I've been coming to the realization of this last year, year and a half, two years, are these teams that are willing to give up picks for proven commodities are the ones who are going deep in the playoffs. You know, it, people don't like to hear it, but the Rams picking up Odell Beckham Jr. that year is the reason they made it to the Super Bowl. His PFF grade throughout the playoffs was in the 80s. Like he yeah. was just – Lights out. And he started strong in the Super Bowl. And of course, he blows his ACL out, but he got on there, helped get on there and get him over the hump, you know. And they had this whole joke, F them picks and all that. I'm not saying you go to that extreme, but when you're not willing to give up, like today, for instance, Chase Young, the 49ers traded and got Chase Young for a third round pick. Okay. So I want you to think about this for a second. Chase Young. That's insane. That that he's, like he's one of the top edge defenders. In all of the National Football League, you know, you've seen the famous uh, soundbite from Mike Tomlin before the game saying, man, I'm a big fan of yours. He said, but 
I don't ever plan on being able to being able to draft a guy like you. We never want to be picking that high. Meaning that that's just that's a slam dunk pick. Chase yep. Young is an absolute monster, having a little bit of a down year, but still an absolute monster, right? So when you think about okay, would you have been okay if we gave up a second round pick for Chase Young? And people immediately go, well, the edge room's full. I don't care how full the edge room is. That's a dynamic playmaker on defense. I would have been willing to jump them and give up a second to take a chase young, but that's out of the question. You're not allowed to even think about that. Right. But we're, we're willing to give up our best player in the secondary. And yes, that, that includes Jerry Alexander right now. Look, you don't believe me. Go watch the tape. You don't believe me. Go look at the PFF grade. You don't believe me. Go look at the, the deep dive analytics on SIS and anything else that involves Jerry Alexander. Well, he's hurt. Okay. Let's, let's, let's find another excuse for a guy who's underperforming and arguably the highest paid corner in the league. It, it's just mind-boggling that that we're not willing to give up draft capital to get proven commodities, but then we'll trade away a proven commodity to get a little bit of draft capital. It, it's yep. it just blows my mind. Um, let's see, Josh Martin may disagree. Let's see here. Um, I get the trade. He'll be 29 on the back end of his career, save six and a half million next year, and get some value for him. But he is a vocal leader. We'll be missing. Um, he will be 29. You're absolutely right. But my point is, you had him. On the, you had him on the books last year for like nine million, and like you said, technically you could say six and a half million because that's all you're saving by getting rid of him, right? Because of the penalty. But if you keep him on the roster next year, what it tells me is we're not planning on competing next year. That's that's the vibe I'm getting. Or else, why would you trade away your best player in the secondary, who in my opinion was an absolute bargain against the cap? You don't believe me? Look at Jair Alexander's contract, whom Rasul Douglas is outperforming. Some would argue he outperformed him last year, right? So, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a tough one. I respectfully disagree, Josh, but I appreciate you uh, voicing your opinion for sure, man. Um, let's see. Let's climb down here real quick, and then we'll get back to some of the images we were going to show here. Um, Zane Strong in the house. What's up, buddy? Uh, let's see here. Um, Zane Strong says, 29 is gone. I'm all sick about that. <laughs> let's see. Uh <laughs> Omer in the chat says, I'll bring tomatoes for Goody's press conference if I should be. That's another one, too, man. I put a tweet out earlier today, Tim, and all I asked was, when was the last time Goody spoke to the media, right? And I was genuinely asking, trying to think, what was the last thing he told us, right? That's that's August, what my yeah. mindset. August. They come out of the woodwork. GMs don't speak during the season. Okay, everybody calm down. I was just asking, right? They get all defensive. And then what happens? Boom. Scheduled a press conference for more. I, you you can bet your rear end. I'm sitting back. And I thought we didn't do press conferences during the season. So anyway, just uh, absolutely wild. Let's see. We got a couple of super chats here. Mike Hebring, good for Rizal, good for the Bills. Goot, we shall see. Yeah. Hey, that third unless that third rounder turns into a starter within you know two to three years, I don't see. How, that's the thing. I mean, maybe they are bunching it up, Tim, to try to get up there. In you know, way up there in the first, you know, let's say we finish in the season and we end up with a top five pick, right? I mean, you can bundle that second and that third and get all the way up to number one if you wanted to, probably, right? You can get at least in the ballpark. Now, there's going to be a lot of other teams bidding on that. There's no doubt about that because this is a quarterback heavy uh, draft class. But yeah. that's another thing in the back of my mind is this Goody prepping to take a quarterback, dude. You know? Yeah, that I, I was talking to my buddy Tony earlier today about that same thing. Like, oh man, is this a, a little bit of a panic move or a preemptive panic move? You know, J Love doesn't look like the dude right now. 
Um, I got to try and save face. Let me stack up some some draft capital, quarterback heavy draft coming up. I mean, at this point, I first of all, I'm surprised that we made a move before the trade trade deadline. And then I'm even more surprised at the move that we made. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if we did, if we drafted a quarterback, because what would be what would be the point of stacking up capital and packaging a deal to move up? Or what would be the point of writing this year off and tanking and saying, hey, let's see how high we can go if you're not going to go for one of those top tier type picks? What is the what's the point? I mean, you could even argue about receiver. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is in this draft. You know, he's he's I think would be agreed upon is probably a generational talent. That's a guy that yeah. even if you're not looking for a wide out, you probably want to draft him if you if you can get him and he's available on the board. Um, but I see other issues. I see offensive line, defensive line issues, uh, back end secondary issues there. There's plenty of things we can address in the draft. Um, it does. It concerns me that that maybe Goody's planning on uh, drafting another quarterback, man. <laughs> Smug Industries, thank you for the super chat. He says, get ready to paint your nails, boys. It's oh, Caleb Williams no. time. <laughs> oh, no. no. For me, man. That is a uh, bust waiting to happen, man. Absolute know, bust waiting to happen. I'm trying to bite my tongue on it, Tim, because I, I want to see how the year plays out, right? He hasn't impressed me. I know people love his arm talent, his ability to improvise. And, and my argument there is, if he didn't have the ability to improvise, what draft grade would you put on? This is the same thing I say about mobile quarterbacks. If yep. they're so good, right, and they're dynamic and this and that, okay, take their feet away for a minute. If they can't scramble, the rules have changed, right, and you have to stay in the pocket and pass, what would be your draft grade? Uh, probably a fifth-round pick. Okay, I'm sorry. That's not the number one overall pick, then. That's just the way I feel. Um, no. And I could be wrong, but, yeah, let's uh, – I'm, I'm going to hold judgment right now, Smug. Um, you guys know how <clears throat> how I feel about Caleb getting emotional here. Um, you know how I feel about Caleb. I'm not a big fan, but – you know, let's 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 let the season play out. Let's get through the off season and see what he looks like, right? If indeed we are in the market, who knows? Jordan Love might play lights out the rest of the year, and we not even be, you know, in the conversation for a quarterback. I I personally don't see that, but I would welcome that with both with open arms for sure. But thank you for the super chat there, Smug and, and Mike. Um, United Bates, thank you for the super chat. He says, "Didn't we sign Woodson when he was thirty? Come on, very good point." Um, you know, I think we do. The whole age thing bothers me, Tim, especially in the draft. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, well, they're too old for the Packers. And I'm going, he's 23. What do you mean he's too old? Like, yeah. So, you know, that, that, I don't know, man. I just never seen that as like this big, you know, selling point to me because it's amazing. You, you draft him at 21. And what's everybody say? Well, he's young. It's going to take a few years. You right. draft him at 23, they're too old. Like, yep. how does, how does that make sense? <laughs> but, uh, again, United Bates, thank you for the super chat, man. Uh, Mike Hebering, super chat says, let's hope this is is a plan to get a quarterback. Mike, that's what it feels like, buddy. Um, that That is definitely what it feels like. And, and I think Mike has been pretty vocal that he's he believes that Jordan Love isn't the guy, you know. And uh, I think he would also agree that could change, but the way it sits right now. If things continue to go the way they're going, Mike, and what I'm seeing on tape, I'd have to agree with you right now. But I do want to give them the whole season, you know. Now we might as well. I'm just – Tim, I'm eager to see what this defense looks like now. Like, yeah. this – I mean, Joe Barry's on his way out now. I guarantee you that. He it, might not be the only one either. Right. It kind of feels – that's what I'm saying, man. This is just 
it's strange. I don't know, man. Um, it's just a piece you would want to keep in place. It'd be different if you had a $18 million cap hit next year. You know what I mean? I'd be like, okay, you know what? You're shaving off quite a bit. Six and a half million. Put that in perspective, guys. That's one and a half million. No, I'm sorry. That's a little over a million less than we paid for Darnell Savage. I pause for dramatic effect. Like, what the heck are we doing? All right, thank you again, Mike, for the super chat. Goose, thank you for the super chat, buddy. He says, William, Williams is absolutely Goot's wet dream of a quarterback, pros. Um, could be, man. Could be. You know, they they liked Aaron because he was an improviser, right? They liked Jordan because that was one of the things on his docket was he could throw off platform and all that. Who knows, man? I do know this. If they do get in the top three, Tim, and they take one of these top two quarterbacks, um, I feel comfortable – saying that either of those quarterbacks, based off what I've seen, is better than Jordan Love up to this point, right? But then comes the question, Tim, do you do you put him in right away or do you let him sit? You know, I know we're getting the, the card ahead of the horse there, but you know what I'm saying? It's, I think you gotta if you if you make that move, you gotta play him. I yeah. mean if you're gonna do all that and you're gonna draft that high and take take this one of these guys, I mean, they gotta go right away. They gotta play. Cause you you're, you're I mean, you're already admitting you you whiffed with with Jay Love at that point, and you've got three and a half years of development into him. So you can't oh, afford- ran the franchise quarterback off too, by the yep, way. Yep, yep. So you can't afford to like draft another guy, and you know. And plus, what are you going to do? Develop him behind a quarterback that you're not sure of? Like, obviously, you're going to if you go first round quarterback, he's going to start. He's going to play. You can have a, a competitive camp all you want, but uh, it'll be known pretty quickly who QB1 would be. Um, and I just – I don't know. I mean, it's all speculation at this point. Like I said, we don't know. What is the – is the deadline midnight tonight? Is that No, the, I think it was 5 o'clock, I believe. So it was 5 p.m., so it's yeah. over. So nothing it's else is going to happen today. Um, right. So any trade or any, any packaging or maneuvering is going to obviously be a – something we'll see during the draft um, or, you know, potentially uh, after we clear the off season uh, um, period or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't look good. It it shows you how much we know though, you know, and we have to remember, you know, people in 1265, they, they know things that we don't, you know, I don't know. There might've been other things involved with this deal, you know, other reasons um, the press conference tomorrow will be interesting, but I guarantee you we're going to get a lot of generic boilerplate uh, type answers. So I'm not. not I can wait, Tim. I can yeah, hear. I'm not waiting with bated breath at all to to listen to that. I don't. I don't anticipate learning much. <laughs> He's going to say, "Yeah, about that." That's his big line. He's going to say, "Yeah, about that." You know, Rasul was a great player, a uh, good locker room guy, but we just felt it was the best interest of the club to move on. Yep. It's going to be something that's next. Que- next question. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Drew in the chat says, if you get a top quarterback, do you have LaFleur raise another first round quarterback talent? That's the other thing too. Do we trust LaFleur to be the one to develop the next quarterback? You know, he has not developed a quarterback in his entire career, obviously. And, you know, one of the things Mike Wall said when we had him on the pod was they don't seem like they're developing. You know, another thing, that Michael Lombardi has mentioned several times on his pod is you've got these play caller coaches and they're, you got play caller coaches and you've got, you got scheme coaches, you got developmental coaches, right? Well, 
He's a scheme coach. That's what LaFleur is. Now, can yeah. he be a developmental coach? Let's hope so, right? But right now, the way it sits, I would have to say he's a scheme coach. Now, here's the bad part. That 12 personnel type, type formation scheme, that don't seem to be working either. So yeah. <laughs> it's just tough, man. It's tough. So uh, let's see. Goose, Goose wants to clear the air here. He says – uh, put some respect on my name. He says, I don't like Williams, to be clear. <laughs> so he's sure. make sure. Let, let me be clear. Let yeah. me be clear. Uh, I do not like Williams either. Look at Zane Strong <laughs> trying to stir up the pot in here. We all know we're going defense in the first round. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Be a <laughs> safety, baby. Yeah. Paul <laughs> Robertson in the chat. Um, I said a better version, but they're both impro improvisational quarterbacks uh, that create with their legs. Um, let's see here. Omar in the chat says problem with this organization is too conservative and change comes slowly. Um, they'll suffer long first uh, watch and see before they fire these. I ain't going to say the last part. I don't want to be rude. You know what I'm saying? But hey, I, I, I get you, Omar. I get you, buddy. I do. Um, Goose in the chat. I love Omar's over in France. He don't care, dude. He's just letting it fly. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon my French. <laughs> uh, Goose in the chat said, you cannot, in all caps, cannot play love after drafting a top quarterback you moved up for. That's right. Yeah, and you know what? That it, it scares me, too. I agree with that, Goose. I completely agree. But also, it's like they come out there and they get beat to death and lose that confidence right off the bat. That's tough, too, man. You know, yeah. not everybody's – tough enough like Peyton Manning to go out and lead the league in interceptions and then still have the, the football IQ plus the drive, the willingness to study, master their craft to, to become a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? Um, it's tough, man. Uh, definitely kind of a, a tough spot there. Um, let's do this. We'll get back to the chat here in just one second. Um, let's see. We got a couple other things here we're going to hit on. So you're probably wondering how's the locker room handling it, right? Keyshawn Nixon just tweeted this out immediately following the trade. He just put a broken heart emoji. Um, guys, make no mistake about it. He was the leader on this defense in that locker room. And it just – I don't I don't know, man. And listen, here's the thing, too. Rasul just had a bad game, right? He had his worst game of the season um, this past Sunday. And even with that, he's a top 20 corner. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But, Tim, I think it's where it's going to hurt the most, man, is because you're trying to create this – you're trying to create this family atmosphere, right? This family environment, this sense of, hey, it's us against the world. Nobody believes in us. And the one guy who was making no excuses and and that you could tell his teammates were constantly looking to, that's the one you trade. It's got to hurt the locker room, right? In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. 
So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Yeah, and I think it points to the to the clear, obvious indicator here that there is a clear disconnect between the locker room and the front office right now. There, there just is. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about Jair the other night. You know, we played his interview, post-game interview, and then, you know, the as the saga continues, we're hearing about, you know, him kind of clashing with the Packers PR team uh, shortly after that uh, interview as well. Um, so clearly there's something, there's this mentality between, you know, the, the locker room feeling like they're part of one team. And then you've got, you know, executive branch front office management kind of is like this other wing. That's not unity in an organization. That's not cohesiveness. That's not one vision, one goal, one drive. That is, you know, people making decisions and guys having to deal with it. I think a lot of guys are being told to just, hey, this is what it is, go through the motions. And we as fans don't want to see, you know, another half of this season of just going through the motions because, you know, the first half didn't turn out so well. So I don't I don't think that's a good approach going forward. And yeah, you cut the heart out of that that defense. Uh certainly that's secondary. I don't know about the defense as a whole, but you cut the heart out of that secondary, no doubt. Um, and maybe who knows, you know, maybe something good comes out of this. Maybe we get a, a gigantic leap forward from Rudy Ford as a leader. Maybe um, you know, Jair changes his tune and steps up his play and emerges as a leader. Um, but I don't know. Those are big shoes to fill, um, you know, with Rasul leaving. So there's there's definitely uh, a hole in the heart of a lot of those guys in that locker room right now. Definitely. Uh, Smug Industries, thank you for the super chat. He said, reminder, we could have had T. Higgins, but our GM wanted to cosplay as uh, Ted Thompson. <laughs> so interesting way of wording it for sure. Um, yeah, you know, you got to be careful, though, Smug, because the Goody lovers – when you mention anybody other than Jordan Love being drafted, well, they could have got this guy, they could have got this guy. They lose their mind. And I think they lose their mind because it's a pretty decent argument. So um, I'm not a huge T. Higgins guy, but any any upgrade would have helped that team other than a backup quarterback that's going to sit for three years, right? Hindsight's 2020. At the time, I agreed with the pick. I could sit here today and say I was wrong. And – I realized I was wrong after Aaron wins his first MVP, and I'm going, okay, hopefully we learned our lesson there. I know I did. This guy's still got a lot left in the tank. Let's build a team around him and go win a Super Bowl, right? And, of course, that that never, never uh, I don't know, materialized. But uh, thank you so much for the Super Chat, Smoke. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Drew D. with the Super Chat. Drew says, any chance we go after Cousins if he becomes a free agent? Good um, God, no. <laughs> Tim, Tim said I, he'll still look like he's in purple to me. Um, I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback. Here's the problem. I think he's 34, if I remember correctly, right? He's going to break the bank. He's going to be one of the highest paid uh, free agents in this year's free agency. Um, the other thing is if he doesn't get paid top dollar, it's going to be because of the Achilles, and that's another reason to maybe not, you know, go after. So I don't, I don't like that idea, Drew, and mainly because, you know, if you do, if you do sign Kirk Cousins, right, and we're obviously in a rebuild, I think, I think we can all put our swords down now and 
respectfully agree this is a rebuild, right? I know a lot of people got upset about that word getting thrown around, but I think we all know now this is a rebuild. So if it's a rebuild, you trade Rasul away so you don't have him next year, right? And then all of a sudden you bring in Kirk Cousins, what for, right? right. Because you're not going to be ready to compete next year. I'm not. And he's not signing a long-term deal either. I mean, right. especially with the Achilles now, right? What do, what do you think? A two, three-year deal, Max, coming coming off of this, this Max. late in his career? Yeah, so. definitely. But, Drew, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, in the chat, if you don't care, Drew, I'll try to pick it up. Man, the chat's pretty lit tonight, so I may get, I may overlook it. But um, let me know if you think Cousins would be be a good fit. You know what I mean? And, and again, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to prove anybody wrong. I'd like to know your honest opinion, too, because you're just asking us the question. I'd like to know what your answer is. But for me right now, I, I would have to say no. But we bring in Emilio now from Tennessee. Let me get to this super chat, Emilio, then we're going to get your take on this trade. I think I have an idea of how you feel about it. But uh, Seth Ruder with the super chat. My boy, Seth, hope you're doing well, buddy. Hope the baby's doing good in the family. Uh, man, I was showing the guys some pictures of us hanging out at Lambo the other day. Um, it was uh, – Awesome time for sure. He says, hey, guys, quick point. J-Love has only had Clements for one full season before this year. Before that, he had Getsy, who was just Rodgers' buddy. Uh, nothing – oh, man, he had to – okay, here we go. Nothing like uh, – nothing, nothing like – Live game experience. Got it. Okay. Thank you guys for deciphering that. Live game – so I was going to live Gabe. I don't know <laughs> – I'm, I'm so uneducated. That must be slang. Now, um, live game experience. He has struggled. But I am on the side of giving more time, probably two years, unless we can find the guy in the draft. I think that's a fair argument, Seth. Um, for me, I want to at least give him this whole year to see what we got. Right, that's the plan, in my opinion. We got we got to see what we have there. Um, now, if you're if you're suggesting, okay, we don't find ourselves in a position to get one of those guys with one of those top grades, one of those franchise quarterback grades, right? Um, you know, which, by the way, Will Levis was one that the 33rd team had one of those franchise grades on. I know it's only one game, but did you guys see what he did Sunday? Like, looking like a stud, looking like a good pickup. We'll see, though. He's got to put it together consistently. But, yeah, I think that's very fair. If we if we go into this this next season, Seth, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, this is what I think you're saying. If we go into this offseason and we don't – let's say we're picking seventh and those top-tier quarterbacks are gone, now you're you're basically faced with drafting someone that had a similar draft grade as Jordan Love on your draft board, right? And I don't think I don't think that makes sense taking a step back with inexperience for the same type of ceiling you would have with Jordan Love, theoretically speaking. You know what I mean? These things aren't so cut and dry as, as I'm making them sound right now. But yeah, if you find the guy in the draft, if you whether it's Caleb Williams you fall in love with, or if it's my guy Drake May, um, Riley Riley Leonard too is another one I like um, out, out of Duke. Um, so, uh, yeah, if it's, if he's not the guy, yeah, give, maybe give love one more year. I can see that being fair, but Emilio, man, it's been crazy in here, dude. Obviously the Rasul Douglas trade. Um, and again, Seth Ruder, thank you so much for the super chat. Yeah, buddy. Appreciate sure. Um, Emilio, what do you think, man? Give us your thoughts. Do we've, uh, we've been in here was, acting like a couple jackasses already. So yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was listening on the drive home and the, uh, man, it, well, I was listening to Ryan's pod earlier today when I was working, and he was talking about uh, Cassidy's, uh, you know, Rasul holding court at his locker. And how I got you right here. Go ahead. What just killed me. Yep, exactly. 
Uh, you want me to read it off? Yeah, yeah read, it, read it off. It be overstated just how much Rasul Doug- Douglas meant to this Packers team. He was not only a smart physical player on the field, he was a heartbeat of the locker room. On Sunday alone, multiple players came to him after the game to ask for advice, guidance, and more. And I'm pretty sure it was, you know, uh, it was like Wyatt, Keyshawn, everybody that, you know, believes in him wanted to be wanted to be there and looked to him because he's a leader of this team. The only person that probably deserved deserved the C on his chest this entire time. Sure. And, and now he's going to go over to Buffalo and get a C on his chest right next to Micah Hyde. And they're going to hold down that back. Oh, hold, my God. They're together. So, they're together, Emilio. So so why don't we just find diamonds in the rough for every other team and just pass them out? We'll just, <laughs> we'll just start handing them out because it's it, I, it, it killed me hearing that. I thought you guys were messing with me. I, d- I really did. <laughs> I, dude, I, I fact-checked it three, four times before I put anything out because I'm like, they're they're pranking me right now. They're and just then I thought we got a prank. third and a fifth, and I was like, okay, that's not terrible, but we got we gave oh, up we- a fifth and just got a third. <laughs> I, I was astonished at that. What, why are we giving them extra help? Like, we could have dropped a seventh. I would have been fine with a fifth, and, a, and we got a second back. Yeah, cool, all right. That, that's a little bit more reasonable, but – and talking through, you know, the money aspect, you know, how much does it actually save? You know, when when are we going to be shooting for our time frame? Um, you know, Rashawn just got signed a four year deal. It's got to be within that within that window. Is it two years out? Is it three years out? Um, that's yeah. I'm just puzzled, man. Yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting, you know, trying to piece everything together. You uh, you actually mentioned just now the uh, the cap savings, right? Well, first, sure. let's, let's go through this first. So PFF-wise, right, in the entire National Football League, these are the corners. Rasul is the 18th highest-graded corner. Now, you guys know he was top 10 last week, mm-hmm. but, of course, he had that horrible game on Sunday, and that dropped him. Even with that, I think he I think he graded out like 40, what was it, 47.4 Sunday. Even with that 47.4, which really damages your overall PFF grade because they're all about consistency over there, he only drops to 18th in the league. Like, that's just – that is absolutely insane. It, he's he's been your second best defensive player this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, you, you're thinking, okay, well, we're getting a third round pick for him, right? You're getting a third round pick. Let's take a look at Goody's past third round picks. Y'all hold your uh, oh, get you a barf bag real quick, Tim. Um, <clears throat> this is for Matt Schnob, and he said after adding another third rounder today, a look at Brian Gutekunst's track record in the third. 2018, Oren Burks. He now plays. He now plays for the 49ers. 2019, Jay Sternberger. He's out of the NFL now. 2020, Josiah DeGuara. Um, Sunday, Josiah. I don't have it wrote down, but I think he graded out in the 50s again. One of the worst uh, tight ends slash fullbacks in the entire league. 2021, Amari Rogers. Completely out of the NFL now. 2022, Sean Ryan. Zero career offensive snaps. 2023. Tucker Craft, of course, you've seen him on the field there Sunday. Um, he, The only reason he's starting is because we're a little bit banged up at tight end. He will start in place of uh, Musgrave. And, of course, he's in there for most of the 12. No, he's not even there for most of the 12 personnel. It's mostly DeGuara, although this Sunday Tucker Craft got more snaps than DeGuara. And I do have to credit the coaching staff for that because that's an obvious move that mm-hmm. needs to be made. So, um, yeah. So essentially what you're saying is, guys, in the last one, two, three, four, five, six years, would you trade Rasul Douglas for any of those players? Good God, no. <laughs> and 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 giving up a who'd we pick in the fifth round the past the past five years. Add that to it too. And yeah. then and then you just start it just starts piling up. 
it really it's unbelievable yeah it's it's a tough look man for sure um yeah so let's talk about the cap savings all right um Rasul Douglas, this is from Rob Domofsky. And again, guys, take these numbers with a grain of salt. I've seen some people report it was $11 million next year. I've heard some people report it's $9 million. And then with the cap penalty, this is the number that Rob Domofsky has come up with, okay? And again, when it comes to the cap numbers, don't ever take it to the penny, right? This is a roundabout estimate of, of what we're looking at. Rasul Douglas is due $9 million next season, so the Packers will gain $6.4 million on next year's cap while getting more draft ammunition. They now have their own first two seconds, one from the Jets in the Rodgers trade, and two third-rounders, including the one from the Bills for Douglas. So, again, you're going to have a first, two seconds, and two thirds. Keep in mind that third is most likely going to be probably a bottom five third, seeing that the Bills are one of the best teams uh, in the AFC there and probably going pretty deep in the playoffs, at least making the playoffs. But $6.4 million. I heard somebody say on a podcast earlier today, Tim, like, well, you know, you save six point, you know, they actually said you save 11 million next year. That was a horribly wrong number. Um, but six, six point four million, man. A- again, if you're happy with the corners you got, then OK, I got it. Eric Stokes can't prove hasn't proven that he can stay on the field when he has been on the field. In my opinion, he's underperformed, especially last year before he got hurt. Jair Alexander is grading out as a third-string corner right now. I know that makes people mad, but that's a reality of how bad he's played this year. You can blame it on the, the injuries. You can blame it on the attitude, whatever you want to blame it on. That's the reality of what he, the way he's played up to this point, and he could change that. Let's hope he does. But uh, what do you think about those cap savings there, Tim? Because in my opinion, I think Rasul is worth every every freaking yeah. $6.4 million. I was just going to say at what, what expense, you know, what expense are you saving here? And, you know, we talked a lot about Rasul here. Um, leadership, uh, locker room guy, but man, production on the field, which is hard to come by on this team. The guy is producing for the most part. Yeah. He had an off game. Finally, you know, he had an off game this year. Um, I, I don't know. I I do looking at those draft picks though. Oh, and Jake Shavink in the chat. I love it. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see what, what Jake thinks about, you know, having it for you right now. Carry on. Yeah. Having those, uh, the two two seconds, two thirds in the first. I mean, does that seem like do, do is good is Goody going to try and make a move and pick twice in the first round? You know, and maybe stretch some of these picks around. Maybe we don't pick in the second at all, or maybe we're picking multiple times in the second, and we're moving picks around and consolidating. Or mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. It all depends on who who who's on your draft board and who you're trying to get, I guess. But. Um, it would be interesting to see just like for context here, what is, what is the plan? Like we, we see the move, we see the cap savings. What is the plan, uh, to come out of this looking like, you know, a year from now that this was a smart move. That's, I guess what my question is. Yeah. What do you think about that, Emilio? I mean, he's, unless he's trying to beef up the O line or try, try to take the top three tackles and two thirds together, get us into the second probably. But, um, then what you then you pair a second and a fourth and go up into the first, maybe take two first rounders. He's good at getting good at getting two first round picks, but it just in the season, it really it just hurts. My my thing was, do you think Rasul got blindsided by this? Because that man was just in like I was saying, he was just playing on the field. He was just dying for this team. He held court after his locker. Monday morning he wakes up. Does he know about it Monday morning or does it happen this morning? Does he get a text like 
all right, man, you know, pack up. You're going to Buffalo. At least it's still cold. Like, I, you know, like <laughs> surprise, it's still yeah. cold up. You know, it, it makes me wonder about the 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 locker room. There you go, Tim. Um, explain maybe, what you mean there. Maybe guys were coming by to say goodbye. Did they know? Uh, maybe maybe somebody knew. You know, maybe there were things known that we didn't know with the trade uh, deadline coming up right after, you know, a couple of days after the game, maybe they knew it was a wrap. I don't know. Um, you know, we have a thing with vocal leadership, apparently. Um, <laughs> Zadarius Smith was let go for the same reason a couple of years ago. Guys felt like he was too vocal, uh, too hype, too intense, too much rah-rah. And uh, we, we let him go, which I, I do, I think was a good move. I'm not defending Sedarius uh, Smith by any means, but I'm looking at a team with no fire. Um, you know, they're not playing inspired football at all. And uh, you just got rid of like one of the few glimmers of leadership you have back there. So it's, it, it looks questionable at best right now, you know? So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe he was blindsided, you know, cause yeah. we've seen, we've seen that happen too, but um you know, I guess we'll never know. And like I said, I don't think we're going to learn anything tomorrow with Goody's press conference. Um, yeah, we'll I just learn. We'll learn how bad the uh, mics sound again. That's I got another it. conspiracy corner here. Are you ready for this? Let me hit the music here. Get it. Get it. Not at the tone. What a night to play that. There we go. Yeah. So yeah. exactly. What if Rasul talked to these players at his locker, right? And then they were like, "Yeah, we got to do something." And he went straight to the brass and was like, "Hey, listen." This ain't gonna fly, right? And they were like, Bye. and they went. What was the old uh, entourage meme or gift? Yeah. Get the out, right? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Something. Good. I don't know, man. That's just strange to me, though, dude. Maybe it's that's why. Strange. Maybe that's why it was his worst game. He was he was holding back all the emotions of fighting for this team. And and you know what's gonna really suck is when they go when the Buffalo goes to the playoffs and he makes he he'll have a game ending pick or something like that and it'll just be the icing right on the cake for us. Yeah. And you know what? When he makes that pick, I'll be rooting for him. As long yeah. as he, oh, he for sure. Back. What a guy. Yeah. yeah. Him and Micah Hyde are going to link up and they're going to be like, dude, I, of course Green Bay kicked you out, man. We're about to lock it down over here. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So to go back to what Jake Shavink said here in the chat, at least those two thirds can get back into round two or back to Goody's favorite round four. Right. Um, Tim immediately said, yeah, I want to, I want to know what Jake Shavink thinks. Right. Well, check this out. I actually did a screenshot real quick. And then we got a super chat we got to get to. This is what he screenshotted earlier. It's going to be a little bit blurry. Hopefully you can read it. I'll read it off to you. So this was his mock draft after the Russell Douglas trade with the fifth. Well, he took the the sixth overall pick and traded back and got the 15th overall pick and an extra second rounder. Okay. And what he came away with was with the 15th overall pick, taking a wide receiver from Washington. Hope I say his name right. Rome Adunzi. Um, then in the second round, pick 38, he took a tackle, Jordan Morgan, out of uh, Arizona. In round two, pick 47, he took quarterback out of LSU, Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels, was he at Ohio State at some point, or am I thinking someone? I may be thinking someone else. Uh, round two, pick 49, he took cornerback, Denzel Burke. So there's kind of your replacement for Rasul. Um, round three, pick 70, he took safety, Rod Moore. Of course, they gave him an A-minus for that pick. Um, sounds pretty pretty darn good to me. Pick 88, took a guard in Tate Ratledge. And uh, pick 106 in the fourth round, took halfback Travion Henderson. Like that pick a lot. 
uh, round four pick 135, he took safety Malachi Moore. So I just thought we'd share that real quick. Uh, that's what Jake did earlier. Kind of, I love how Jake wastes no time and he gets right into right our, on what, it. What does this mean? <laughs> right. So, Always draft season, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's see here. Um, let me get back to the super. I mean, it's cool that we have eight uh, picks in the first four rounds. I mean, that that is kind of cool, but we got to get through another 10 weeks of football. <laughs> and we would like to be able to enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off on Mike. Oh, you're good, though. You're good, man. Mike Hebring with the super chat says Murphy and Goot sending a message to Matt? Question mark. I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. What do you think that meant? What do you think Mike means there, uh, Emilio, when he says, was Murph, was Murphy, Mark Murphy, and Brian Gutekind sending a message to Matt? What do you think he means there? I don't care what he actually means. I want to know what he means. He could be saying, uh, I'm going to get you one more, one more lick of, uh, of picks. And that, that's, that's all you're going to have. Cause once, uh, once Murphy's out of here, uh, this is going to be your last shot, Matt. Everyone's clearing house in 2025 if it's not done. Um, I mean, if if I feel maybe he's trying to do another 2018 all over again, but now we're just like the extra youngest team in the NFL. Like it's like let's just get rid of anybody that's over 27, and we'll just stay. We're good to go for the next five years. Um, but I, yeah. I don't know, man. If it's on Matt's shoulders, I don't know if that's the case. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? I, I agree with him. Tim looks exhausted. Look, I'm exhausted <laughs> so emotional. You, know, you just talked about we got to get through 10 games. Shoot. What about 2024 and 2025? And, oh, no. We're going to be elite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be elite. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. We, we I, I don't know, man. I, I would just say, you know, what we've been saying. I guess we have to be patient because that's, that's what we're left with, guys. Like, you know. We're not going to compete this year. We're, we're clearly not, and we haven't been. And, you know, if you think you're going to turn this around with a draft, uh, you're sorely mistaken. It's be a big not, water. Yeah, you, you better hit on every single pick, and they better all be beasts and studs. Um, so I, this isn't going to get better next year or the year after. I mean, we got to look, look ahead to the future and uh, hope for the best. But, uh, yeah, guys, like I'm, I'm looking for positivity right now, but – it sure seems like like all bets are off, man. Like I I don't know. I don't want to say they're going nuclear, but it seems mm-hmm. like they're going nuclear, man. Like yeah. and maybe they are telling LaFleur, like, here you go. See how good of a coach you really are. Yeah. You know, here, here here's your squad. Um make something happen. And if not, I guarantee you Matt LaFleur is gonna be the first one getting the boot. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Crazy, man. It's not and it yeah, it won't be it won't be goody. Right. Maybe they've seen enough of Valentine in practice to make the move. <laughs> well, what? That's what I thought. I was like, man, are they high on on Carrington Valentine? Right. And, and we don't know it because what else would explain? I mean, it can't just be nine million on the cap, man. Like, right. That can't. Yeah. That can't be <laughs> the factor, and it certainly isn't nine million on the cap. And we give up a pick to get a pick, like that just. There's got to be something else going on here in my mind. Yeah. We got a, a caller on the line. I'm going to hit the super chat real quick, then we'll go to you, Carly. Um, United Bates, thank you for the super chat. He said, maybe we, maybe he had an idea. Poor play and bad interviews after game by players like like we defeated. Hmm. What's he what – what Oh, he like, they, like they were defeated. Yeah. No, I get yeah. it. And you know what? 
something else we're not ruling out here, and and we haven't even really thought about it. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear Russell went to them and said, "I want to trade." Yeah, well, I I did hear. I'm paraphrasing here, but I did hear there were some comments along the lines of, "I'm sick of I'm I'm not a loser, and I'm sick of losing." And we've been losing the last two years, Mm. something something to that was extent, and so. That we're could have rubbed here, ain't we, Tim? Me and you, we're gonna be in trouble. We're gonna get all kinds of rumors started. <laughs> I mean, if that's true, and that was said in front of guys in the locker room, that could yeah. rub management the wrong way. Um, yeah. there is a thing as being too vocal sometimes, and mm-hmm. I don't know, but hey, I devil's advocate, Clayton, I'm right with you. He could have walked right into Goody's office and said, Man, get this done, dude. You got 48 right. hours left. Let's. Yeah. make it happen and maybe that's why we have the deal we have it was kind of a hastily thrown together deal and buffalo bit and gave up the pick and we just got it done to, to get him out of here i don't know and i mean if he took him as that that would be that would be fine if, if he took if rasul came to him and like that and, and said hey man let me get me out of here you know they just lost for davius white let me go over there and i'll lock it down for them that's cool but if they pulled the rug from under him man after like after a game like that that's where it hurts that's yep. right. What do we do? I, I get that it's a business. I mean, that's why it's a business. It's not, you know, personal, but it it feels personal, man. That That's why we feel it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's go to the phones here. We got Carly Ray on the line. Carly, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I, I'm doing much better now, now that my husband took my three sugared up kids to bed after Halloween. <laughs> man. Man, that is no hey, joke. This holiday. I gotta ask you this though, Carly. You 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 snuck some of that candy away. Right. Right? Like what? What did you steal out of their bag? Be honest. Oh, I stole the majority of it. Actually, they hardly get any of it. They got like two pieces. But <laughs> and then we hide we hide it up in the in the uh, the cupboard and just snack on it all year long. Mm-hmm. That's the American dream, right there. Being a being right. a parent, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what's on your mind, Carly? Um, talk to us. Cheer us up here. Cheer you up, man. I can't. I can't do it after Rasul is the only player I felt like a connection to because my my mom got to talk to him at the Christmas party last year and the things that she told me was it was just he was just awesome he was respectful he actually like interacted with the regular public as opposed to the majority of the players and I was so impressed by his demeanor and the yes ma'am no ma'am respectful he was watching his diet at the Christmas dinner like really wanting to be the best for the team and to hear he's gone Man, it just, I feel my heart. I'm just gutted, guys. I'm gutted. Sorry. I just have to mourn with the rest of you, really. Yeah, well, you're in uh, you're in good company tonight because that's exactly what we're doing. It just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, you know, something else that happened, I don't know if you guys seen my tweet earlier today, but um, I probably should pull it up so I don't misquote myself. That would be embarrassing, right? Um, <laughs> I won't play the actual, I don't think I have the audio. Yeah, I do have the video of, uh, it's of Jair Alexander. Remember the awkward interview he did? in the mm-hmm. in the locker room that I was talking about yeah. that I actually played yeah, a few guys. Sure. So yeah. I was listening to Wildy and Tausch from yesterday, and it, this is my tweet, what I put out. And I, I'll read the tweet because it was fresh on my mind at the time. I put, per Jason Wildy on Wildy and Tausch, immediately following this awkward exchange with the media, Packers cornerback Jair Alexander said, quote, this is after the, the cameras stopped rolling and they were done interviewing him, Jair Alexander said to the media, I'm finished being scolded for things I've said and walked off and then was seen having a lengthy conversation with the Packers PR team. So you guys remember when he said, put me on offense. Remember when he said, mm-hmm. I guess we need to hold them to zero points. Well, evidently 
someone, either in the coaching staff, the PR team, or whatever, told him, you know, knock it off. Then he went out there and just said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then, you know, it's obvious they told him, just don't say anything then if you're going to say stuff like that. And then after he was done with the interview, he says to a media member, I'm done being scolded for things I've said. Right. So there's there's another guy. It's like, you know, you don't want to be here, man. Like, find this guy the door. Like, yeah. if we really have to. And, and it hurts me to say that because I got so much love for dude. And, you know, all of this crap can be solved by simply playing better football. Yeah. Winning. Winning yeah. would solve everything. We wouldn't. Rasul yeah. wouldn't have been gone. If we won two of those games, I don't think Rasul would have been gone. Maybe even don't, one of them. Don't get cooked by a rookie and then run your mouth. You know, these kind of things might might go a long way, you know, to help things. But I don't know, man. I I feel like this is just going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, you know, there was a famous man that said that one time. Dalton on Roadhouse said that. I don't know if you guys remember, but he uh he did. He actually said it's going to get worse before it gets better. Roadhouse. <laughs> and he was being honest. So. Probably. What else you got? We're uh, we're getting ready. We're we're winding down here. We're approaching the hour mark. But I'm glad you called in. We haven't talked in a while. What do you? Uh, what else is on your mind? What do you think the? Do you think they're? I'm gonna ask your opinion on this. Do you think they're collecting draft picks to try to climb up and get a quarterback? Do you think that's kind of the the, the long term mindset here? Or what do you What do you think about that theory? That conspiracy theory, if you will. <laughs> Honestly, Clayton. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I don't know enough really about. I mean, I understand the basics, but all the different things to keep in to take into account and the history and everything. I really, I, I don't see them getting rid of Matt Lafleur, which at this point I think kind of, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The issues that I see right now, when you think of people, players, people that are the 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 workhorses of the organization, that want to speak up, that feel like they can't speak up that are trying to do well, but are handicapped by the people above them. I mean, that honestly, I've seen it in other arenas. I've seen it in healthcare, which is the arena I work in. That all points to poor management. And so it, I think regardless, I guess my take on that is I don't know whether they're going to go for a quarterback. I, I hope it's not because I think they'll also ruin him. I think whatever they do, it's not going to matter. <laughs> so whatever they do, it's not going to matter. Yeah. It's uh. Again, you know, it kind of goes back to what we talked about just a second ago, Emilio. Um, the, you know, Matt LaFleur is not proven. I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Mike. Mike, the super fan in the chat. Mike Hebering. I uh, probably don't – I don't need to kill time going back. But um, he said something along the lines of um, – name. here we go. He said, name one guy that has legitimately developed under LaFleur in the past four years. He's a coordinator, nothing more. Now – I'm not saying I agree with Mike completely, but name one player that's developed under Matt LaFleur in the last four years. Tim, you take a swing at it. What, who's the first person that comes to mind? Because I'm drawing a blank, my man. Yeah, I mean, uh, it certainly isn't Josiah DeGuara. So, um, <laughs> I guess you could say Zach Tom, but I yeah, that, yeah, that, hey, there you go. There, you would have to stick for the offense. Elton Jenkins, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Quay Walker has Quay Walker. I think has developed a lot, but that I think is because he fa- like he had such a hard rookie year that he realized he really had to make that jump, and so he it was personally motivated. He sought out the ways to make himself better, and and he did it himself. It was intrinsically motivated. It wasn't Matt Lafleur's like that wasn't on him. Yeah, and I think Quay came into the league with a lot of steam as a rookie too, coming off a national title, and just mm-hmm. you know 
champion's mindset and wanting to get better. I mean, you even look at some of those mistakes he made in his rookie year and you, you could see his frustration was not him having a temper tantrum. He was frustrated with himself for making those mistakes and, you know, wanted to get better. Um, but I, I would agree. I don't think you put Quay's development on Goody <laughs> or on, or on, or on the floor. Right. Um, that's what I was saying. Yeah. At all. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think I'm with you, Emilio. Maybe Zach Tom would probably be your best, uh, best argument there. Hey, here's one. Uh, Drew D said Rashawn Gary developed a ton. That's a very good point. Rashawn Gary was drafted and when 20, was it 2018 or 2019? 19. I think it was yeah. 19. And that was completely under Matt LaFleur. Not that Matt LaFleur was out there working with him specifically, but we're talking all sides of the ball, right? But you uh, know what? Carly's Carly's point would apply to Rashawn too, because that dude owns it. I mean, that guy's absolutely. working himself. Like, no, I, I mean, I don't know if there's someone out there that's going <laughs> to develop him more than he's going to develop himself. So, <laughs> Eric Sutherland, <laughs> said, no way, no way. Eric, Eric Sutherland it. says Josh Myers has flourished in Matt Lafleur's offense. Oh, we're gonna give him. Some Oh, yeah. I mean, he sounds like ROC, right? I mean, yeah. you know, Myers is playing the best football of his life. Every time I hear it, bro. Every time I hear it. What the hell's going on out here? Oh, my God, man. We oh, some tape. I believe he had the brass to say that, man. Like, <laughs> playing the best football of his life. I went, man, I, I have invested. Golly, since I've invested what thirty years of my life into watching football, and I still don't know anything about it. If, if Josh Myers is playing the best football of his life, well, I think run that picture. You got that picture, right? Pull that still up again. That oh, that, God, that God, horror God. story still. Let's see. Let's see that picture of that uh, Josh Myers blocking Casper, the friendly it, ghost. Oh, you I did? did? Oh, it's okay. It'll pop up on Talk Talk tomorrow for sure. Oh, oh yeah, it'll be there. Believe me. <laughs> We got this one still. Though. I'm saving this one forever. Zach. Hey! <laughs> kidding me? Oh, man. This thing's off the rails, man. Um, <laughs> look at this. Uh, here we go. The angry casual fan drops in there and there says, we is. develop players for other teams to pay. <laughs> there it is. Yep. We pull the coal out of the ground. We shine it up, turn it into a diamond, and we go, all right. Where are you hey, at least at least Rasul didn't go to the Raiders. At least it was a different team this time. We've yeah. been sending guys yeah. to, to the Then Devontae's going to want to go to the Bills next because he doesn't want to be there either. He's sitting on the bench all by himself. Yeah. Man, you know, I watched some of that game last night, and and to see – it makes me sick to think that Jimmy Garoppolo lit us up the way he did. Oh, my. Did you see that dust he threw he's, up there? Absolute cheeks, man. Yeah, he's man. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick the Realtor in the chat said, that's under Barry's development and his own technique work. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if he's being sarcastic, trying to be funny or what, but I think I think it, it you can't really put a defensive player under Matt LaFleur's development. LaFleur, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, that'd be um, more Mike Smith. Yeah. Now, this right here, there's going to come a point in this season, if things keep going the way they're going, that this conversation is going to shift to this right here, right? Jake Shavink in the chat said, so do we like Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald more? Talking about bringing in the next head coach. Um, I'm not ready to fire LaFleur yet. And I was the guy, I, I got to be, I got to own my own words, man. I was the guy that said, it's not fair to LaFleur to have this roster, right? And a quarterback this inaccurate and expect him to go out and, you know, make the playoffs, right? Uh, I think it would be unfair to LaFleur to be fired. But at the same time, man, if you, if you drop the four wins, 
I think we got to, guys. What do you think, Carly? How many wins would it take that would justify firing Matt LaFleur, Carly? So according to Andy Herman's um, podcast and when he was talking with Justice Mosqueda, it was a court. It was, I think, anyone who had had a who had not won a Super Bowl in the like in the previous years, who was a considered a veteran head coach. If they went five or less wins in a season, it was like a 98 percent chance that they were going to be fired because it did not make sense to keep them. Carly, you're too smart to be on the show with us, knucklehead. That's, that's good info right there. So, so that begs the question, does this team have three wins in them? Mm. Uh, I, don't know. We, I don't know. Do we want hard knocks or what? I feel like, uh, he's like we're going to get it either way, man. I feel like he's already setting up the cameras, man. He's just going to get rid of them. I feel like I have let Tim down so much because every time someone mentions hard knocks in Green Bay, I get so excited, man. it would be cool but like not not at the same time yeah (laughs) it'd be cool for all the wrong reasons yeah yeah i don't know i just want to see tim in the background on one of those shots at the don huston center out there (laughs) yeah yeah but just to add to that if we do that and we get hard knocks and we get a new head coach you're telling me you're going to put all of that on film you're going to put no 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 you they don't – I don't think – you guys tell me if I'm wrong because I have not – I don't know anything about Hard Knocks except for this last season. And I didn't even watch it. I just heard about it because I don't have whatever thing it streamed on. But I think they want to do Hard Knocks over, like, a quarterback that somebody wants to see, that, like, everybody's really tuned in and a head coach. And so if we have that much turnover, gosh, whatever happens, I cannot see the entire American public want to know the down and dirty details of our quarterback's life if we go, you know, 4-13 and 13 this year. I really can't see them wanting to watch that. That's a good point. And and like Clayton said, just because we – so we missed the playoffs two years in a row, so we're eligible to be on hard knocks, basically. We're we're in the mix – we're in the, the basket of names that the league can force Correct. to be on. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a surefire, done deal. Although – kind of like the Jets ended up being this year. I think yeah. once, you know, we heard the rumors start and then once the, the trade was finalized and we knew what was going on, like that was inevitable. They were going to go for the Jets. <laughs> that's all so, I'm saying. And that's to Carly's point. They had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But so. what if what if we had a brand new coach coming in? You don't think that they would be like, all right, we haven't been in, we haven't ever really had cameras inside of Green Bay. They got a brand new coach, a quarterback that's, you know, just trying to figure it out. I feel like they would try to eat that up and be like, let's get our shot of getting in there. Are they going to be out of the playoffs for how much longer? You know, if they're trying yeah. to make a run, that's my only thing. Is- Especially if we go up in the draft and get uh, a quarterback, oh. right? Yeah. Could you imagine if they did land Caleb Williams and we're on mm. hard knocks? No, bring, um, we'll bring in Shadur. We'll bring in Sanders. And, oh, we'll be the talk of the town. Bring in Dion too. Heck oh. Dude, I like Dion personally. Oh, me too. I, yeah. I, but like it's it's like the stuff that Tim, like, Tim's staying so yeah. quiet. Yeah. Well, just well, like he, Dion said, he wouldn't. He didn't want to coach adults. He right. said that he didn't want well, to coach. Hey, he's coming to the right place with. Hey, the I was going to say, man. bring him to Green Bay. We got a bunch of kids. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm saying, Emilio. I was just saying, you know, like on Ryan's pod, how he's playing, like how how Dion talks. That's kind of what we need, you know, like. Um, yes definitely know, yes yeah we're, we're not going to be we're not going to be better we're going to be great you know we're not going to be you know tiny we're going to be huge kind of thing like that that's where we need to be but kind of like rasul was saying and right, right. Him the door. 
Yep. Yeah. You got it, Tim. I, I don't get it. Why does this team not like guys stepping up like that? I don't I don't know. There's got to be more to this. Like I Clayton, I'm so glad you said what you said, man. For all Ooh. we know, Rasul was like trade me. You know, like for all we know, he was like, man, get me out of here. That would make the most sense to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? And if if that is the case and Rasul said, I'm done, I want out, and Goody got a third, I'm off Goody's back a little bit. Right, right. And I'm not even going to blame Rasul. I mean, I don't blame him. Right. I mean, at some point you got to look out for yourself and your own career too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if he's, you know, this is a guy who wants to win. Clearly, clearly Rasul is motivated by winning. I don't think he's motivated by the bag or, or the contract. I think right. it's uh, I think it's about winning, and uh, he's tired of not winning. So if if Rasul did go ask for a trade, I think that Goody would say that tomorrow. I think yeah. he would spill the beans just a bit to say, yeah, you know, it was a mutual thing between oh, us yeah. and Rasul. We had talked I mean? about it. Yeah. Takes some of the heat off of him too. Yeah. yeah, that's all I want to hear is, "Hey, we talked about it." Not a, "Hey, we flipped him after the game. He had a terrible, you know, showing. You know, he's got to go." Yeah, right. now if they, if they ran Rasul out of town, my my stance is still. I got some advice for y'all: take two weeks off, then quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wait, we were we were the team that said happy birthday to a guy and then kicked him off the team. God, it was horrible. Right oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so bad! It was so bad. <laughs> Did you All see right, Drew, let's you see Drew super chat Clayton that just came through. Oh yeah, okay, gotcha. Thank you, man. I'm <laughs> see I'm over here being unprofessional. Thank you add, so much. Adding to that. that, if a team has a first year head coach, then they are ineligible for hard knocks. Spicy. Oh, look wow. at that. So that's that's oh, does loop. that does that mean does that mean first year with that team or first year head coach overall? Oh, Carly, why you do it? We just had it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it's got to be first year with the team. Yeah, I would think. Right. Oh, that's an out. But maybe not. Who knows? I didn't think we had an out, so that helps, I guess. If he doesn't want the cameras in there. Oh man, the seat just got hotter for yeah for Maddie. Yeah, cheese. Oh, thank you so much for the super chat, Drew. And if you know the answer, okay, new new coach. Okay, that's what Brent just said. So okay, Brent Brent may not know as much as we do, and he's just firing away over that. Take it, yeah. But Drew, thank you so much for the super chat, man. That's uh, yeah, very spicy. I agree. She said, Murph said, Dion said they aren't leaving yet. I love Dion though, man. I love what they're doing out there. Um, I I just wonder, what's that? I said I wouldn't want to leave if you only got one year with your kids. You might as well pull up, you know, get get a second year with them and. You know, and, you know, it's bigger than football for Dion. Right. Dion wants to change lives, man. He's there. He's he's there. He changed that program. He turned mm-hmm. that program around. Yeah. Called his and, shot, too. Called his shot. Yeah. And, and he cares about his players. Every yeah. single player. On he's, there to, he's there to, to, to grow young men, not, not you know. Yeah, coach not just coach football. Right. That's, yep. that's just part of the job, you know. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Uh, so Drew just uh, responded and said, it's a new coach with the franchise, by the way. So okay, there we go. Yeah, there it is. And this is the last one we'll take. We'll get out of here. I said, we're going to keep it under an hour, but you got jumped on here and uh, it's your fault. I'm, bl- I'm blaming Carly tonight. She kept the conversation <laughs> going. So. Um, Nick, the realtor in the chat says, I don't think either of our coordinators or head coach are developmental coaches. Guys just are not growing due to coaching or becoming smarter football players. Now, some people would read that and think, uh, what does he know? That's a hot take, right? Well, I don't pretend like I know everything. I believe me, I'm wrong all the time. I say it. I'm I'm married. I'm wrong every day. I promise you that. When when uh, Michael Lombardi comes out and says that, right? You've got these scheme coaches. You've got developmental coaches, right? 
Um, another thing he points out too, by the way, which really hit a, struck a chord with me, is how West Coast coaches, because you guys know Michael Lombardi, he's been on both ends of the spectrum, but these modern-day West Coast coaches typically have bad special teams because they don't build their roster to have a strong special team, right, uh, for, for what it's worth. But he talked about that very thing. Now, some of you are going, I don't like Michael Lombardi. I don't think he knows as much as you think he does, Clayton. I, I respectfully disagree. What about Mike Wall? Because Mike Wall is looking at the tape and going, these are fundamentals. He said, I don't know what they're coaching over there. I don't know what they're teaching. He posted that tackle drill video. Did you guys see that? Yeah. They were diving at the – yeah. And I, I kind of jokingly answered, but I was also like, that might be – I don't know. They, you know, diving at the – and he said, what about the one in the middle where the guy moves the, the foam away from the guy diving? I said, maybe they're practicing a scramble ball drill, you know what I mean, like a, a fumble drill. I don't I don't have any clue. He was baffled. Like, like he coaches football, right? He he's a personal coach. It's like I don't know what the hell they're teaching in that drill. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Diving at people's legs, I guess. Like, who who teaches that? So, anyway, I don't know, man. Um, let's well, see. It's working. That's all we're doing. <laughs> blocking <laughs> blocking ghosts and diving at guys' legs. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Let's go around the horn real quick. Um, before we wrap up. Uh, first of all, Marco Day wraps it up for us. He says, what the oh. F are they teaching, man? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. They got some pretty eyebrows, though. Let's go around the go around the horn here. <laughs> Emilio, final thoughts, bro. Uh, I love Rasul. Still love the Packers. I don't know what's going on right now. Um, I guess we're just going to strap in and hang on, and uh, I we'll see how it uh, turns out in another four games, and then, uh, you know, the, the 10 weeks will be up soon enough, I guess. <laughs> we can, if we can, I mean, we got to beat the Bears and we got to not be like uh, Montgomery wanting to get out. If, you know, if, we, if we're that team that people want to get out from, that's a problem. Uh, we don't need that here. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right, Carly Ray, what do you got? Oh, man. I just want to say this is my first year of really digging in. And, and I've watched the Packers for years, but I've never really like got it or understood a lot of the behind the scenes or even the plays and whatnot. But I am I just want to say that in this year of them just really not tearing it up. I'm so thankful to have a group of people like you to commiserate with and to talk about it with and learn with. And I'm growing so much. And so and everybody in the chat to all the guys and people that I you know, I've chatted with and stuff. I'm so thankful for all of you. Thankful for you, Clayton, and teaching. It's just been a great, great way to learn. Now, we appreciate the kind words. And, and the same thing goes right back to you. You know, it's like you said in the chat, all the listeners, all of us kind of creating this little community where we can learn together. And, and again, it's, I don't know about you guys, but when you go outside of this stream and kind of look on Twitter and look at some of the other streams, it's like, they're not having fun. We're still having fun, right? It sucks. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but at least we're learning exactly what's going wrong, right? And bouncing ideas off of each other. And and like I said, you know, sharing information that we've all gathered, like Drew coming in here with the hard knocks, all that stuff. I learned something every episode. So Laugh a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's what it's all about for sure. Um, but, yeah, we appreciate that, Carly. And it's, it's always awesome to have you on here. Tim, what do you got, big dog? Uh, keep looking for the positive. That's all we can do, guys. We have to make an effort to look for any positive uh, momentum or growth with our players or this team. Clearly uh, the vision is for the future. Um, You know, I don't want to be doom and gloom because that's not, not my style, but yeah, clearly this season is uh, you know, we're, we're kind of putting wraps on it and we're barely halfway through it. It is what it is. So we got to get our roster eval done and we got to keep our eyes focused on moving ahead. So any growth we see, 
um, from young players on this team is good. Um, any movement we get within the roster uh, the rest of this year, more snaps for younger players, keep an eye on the positives. Um, you know, maybe this does mean Carrington Valentine gets a little bit uh, uh, playing time and we get to see a little more of him develop as a uh, little caveat to this whole Rasul deal. Um, maybe something good does come out of this. So I want to just, you know, say, Hey, it sucks right now, guys, but you know, make an effort to look for the positive and uh, we'll find it and we'll feel a little better about our team. So Go, Pat, go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Eric Sutherland wraps it up for us with a with a nice little bow. He said, look, folks, at least we're not Bear fans. Huh? I'm saying so. We're out of here. Thank you so much to everyone who hung out with us uh, tonight. Um, Marco Day, I'm oddly calm about the future of the pack. <laughs> you know, you, we got no choice, my man, but it is what it is. Thank you to all the super chats. I'm going to try to rattle them off. You guys brung the thunder tonight. Josh Martin. Mike Hebring, Smug Industries, um, United Bates, Goose. Uh, let's see who else in here. Drew, Seth Ruder. So good to hear from Seth, man. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome guy there. Again, thank you all so much. I think I got them off. I didn't mention your name. I apologize, but we really appreciate you guys supporting the stream. You guys are absolutely awesome. So we're out of here. We'll be back tomorrow. Give you an injury report. Might do Chalk Talk tomorrow. Might have to push it to Thursday. I'm trying to find some time. I've almost got it completed. we got 20 plays we're breaking down. Oh my God. It was like having to sit through a funeral 20 different times, bro. It's so oh no. But at the same time, there's a, there, you're going to come away just like I did going, okay, that's what happened. And that's the issue. Let's get it cleaned up. Right. So, but again, thanks to everybody with the super chats. Thank for you. Uh, thanks to all the guys and gals in the chat tonight as well. Emilio, Carly, Tim, appreciate y'all. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle. Defensive end. If he's over, if he's not, he drives down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by them and field this side. YN has the linebacker taken out. That's inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. You look at this play. We'll be trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the end.